crash just to freeze to death, she mumbled and tried to get up, but her leg was caught and it was too dark to see how to free herself. Moments later, something shifted above her and she threw her arms up in defensive mode just as a duffel bag fell out of an overhead compartment and onto her chest. The sudden impact sent a pain through her body that was so strong she passed out. When she woke up again, the bag was still on her chest and she was struggling to breathe. If her ribs hadn't been injured in the crash, they were now. Every breath she took hurt, and she was getting lightheaded from the pain. She had to find something to keep her warm, or next time she passed out, she might never wake up. After a few moments of fumbling, she managed to unzip the bag, and then began digging among the items until she found what seemed to be a heavy bath towel. When she felt an insignia embroidered in the terry cloth, she guessed this was the complimentary bathrobe that had been on the hook inside each hotel bathroom. This must be Dan's bag. He was notorious for taking things from hotels, and then wondering why his credit card bill was higher than everyone else's. Her hands were trembling as she covered herself with the robe. After that, she began piling the rest of the garments from inside the bag on top of the robe, layer after layer. The scent of Dan's aftershave was the last thing she smelled as she passed out again. The next time she woke up, it was morning, and Marcy had rolled away and was lying on her side just out of Laura's reach. Marcy! Marcy! Can you hear me? Marcy didn't answer. Laura pushed aside the covers to look at herself, and then gasped. Her arms and hands were covered in dried blood, and her fingers were trembling as she began a self-examination. Her chest hurt. A lot. The blood on her forehead was dried, and her leg was still trapped and aching terribly. When she heard something scratching at the outside of the plane, her heart soared. Surely that was their rescuers, already on scene. Help! Help! We're in here! she cried. But no one answered, and the scratching stopped. When she realized it wasn't people making that noise and they were not being rescued, she broke down in tears, sobbing from pain and disappointment. It took her a few minutes to get her emotions under control and focus on getting free. Now that it was daylight, she could see how to remove the debris under which she'd been trapped. She sat up slowly, moaning as pain rolled through her midsection Then, one at a time, began moving things aside until she was finally free. Her leg was throbbing with every heartbeat. She reached down to pull up her pant leg and check it out, then nearly passed out from the pain and stopped. Okay, bending over was a bad idea. But at least when she stood up, her aching leg held her weight. But her relief was short-lived when she heard a snarl, and then a low, throaty growl from outside the plane and remembered the scratching from before. At that point, she panicked again. The thought of falling victim to wild animals was horrifying. But a quick glance about the cabin told her it was still intact. The good news was that no animals could get to her. The bad news was that Marcy was apparently dead. She began to cry as she set about looking for Dan and quickly found his body crumpled up in a corner near the door to the pilot's cabin. Her fingers were trembling as she felt for a pulse at the base of his neck. His skin was as cold as the air around them, and there were no signs of life.
They had been more than co-workers with the Red Cross. They were her friends, and they were dead. Then she remembered the pilot, Ken Price. He had to be alive. She couldn't do this by herself. The door leading into the cockpit was ajar. She stepped inside, then slapped a hand over her mouth to keep from screaming. Ken's eyes were wide open in a death stare that gave her the chills. All the rest of his facial features had been completely obliterated by the impact. All of a sudden, the walls began to spin around her. She staggered out of the cockpit and slid down the wall into a sitting position, quickly putting her head between her knees to keep from passing out. As the wave of nausea passed, she began to think what to do next, and talking aloud seemed to help her focus. I need my coat, and I need to radio for help. But that meant...